Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Needless to say, I potato the shit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how all your stories end, Bob. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 17th of February, the year of our Lord 2000. Rise by Gabrielle is still number one for the second week in a row. Toy Story 2 has made its debut at number one even though it was rushed and isn't very good. Uh, Eric Morales is about to beat Marco Antonio Barrera to unify the WBO and WBC Super Bantamweight belts in Ring Magazine's Fight of the Year, and it's a barnstorm of that. Watch that instead of Toy Story 2. <laughs> All the cool kids were playing Vagrant Story and going bollocks. I thought it was going to be like Final Fantasy. <laughs> EastEnders celebrated its 15th anniversary, and Talk Radio UK is rebranded as Talk Sport. <laughs> but that was all that weird stuff that was happening in the strange world of reality in the world of wrestling there was a little show named smackdown which aired on the upn network and if you don't know what that is don't worry half the roster are appearing in other tv shows so you'll be able to tell what's happening very soon and the answer to what happened this week next week and at no way at 2000 can only be enjoyed and appreciated on the cultaholic smackdown classic review starring yourself matthew I'm Mr. Tom Campbell and his mugshot. I'm honoured to be joined. I've just eaten a mugshot, by the way. Everybody's favourite uh, mug-based shot. Uh, I am honoured to be joined once again by the banterweight champion, Matthew Gregg, over there hey. via the internet. Um, first of all, mate, before we go any further, we need to talk. Uh-oh. Toy Story 2 was brilliant. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you playing at? Honestly, I never thought much of Toy Story 2 and thought it may be Pixar's worst. But then it's all right, lads. Cars exist. Oh, bore off with your hate for cars as well. Cars is great. <laughs> mm. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. Clearly, I remember. <laughs> Can't do that again. That's not the new thing. <laughs> Hello, my girl. We meet Hello, again. We meet a friend. <laughs> Mate, when I see you after lockdown, once all this is over, first time we see each other face to face, I'm going to go full Scott Stapp. Hello, my friend, we meet again. <laughs> it's been a while, where should we begin? I'll be like, 
I'll be too busy hugging you. I'll be like Hobbs, the <laughs> tiger teddy, knocking down Calvin. Oh. So, I thought you were going to say next time I see you, I'm going to hug you, then beat you up with a DVD copy of Toy Story 2. I mean, that will come shortly after my, my version of My Sacrifice by Creed. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is on the way, my friend. But how I are wait. you doing, mate? I feel like this is our week. It's a lovely visual. Sunday. Yes, it's a it's a lovely Sunday. I'm ready for Tom. It's just have I'm ready for Tom. I'm just <laughs> not my words. It's a it's a lovely Sunday. I'm ready for Tom. Not my words. The words of Jesus. <laughs> Behind the curtain, we are recording this on a Sunday. It is as you are listening to it a Tuesday. No. Oh. Like SmackDown, it's pre-taped. There we yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. In the spirit of SmackDown, we are pre-taping. Yes, the spirit of SmackDown, we're going to go outside and beat up a woman. <laughs> oh, Christ. And book a tag match. But... Book a tag match. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but SmackDown's a thing for, you know, a few minutes' time. Tom, this is the bit of the show where you fill us in on what's happening backstage so if this is your first time listening to us welcome to the cultaholic classic smackdown review matthew greg very shortly is going to talk us through some of the happenings from this particular episode of smackdown uh, 17th of february the year of our lord 2000 before we get to that though a little bit of a snapshot of what is happening in the wrestling world at the moment rob van Dam has just done a media press conference uh, along with a tnnn representatives and joey styles uh, Van Dam uh, suffered a three-inch crack in his fibula. We talked about this a bit last week. He's got a broken ankle, out for twelve weeks, uh, which sucks. He's just signed a five-year contract with ECW. Now, now we say a contract, as we will discover in some months to come here on the Cold Hearted Classics Smackdown review. Sometimes those contracts tend to be written on the back of uh, bits of tissue paper or handkerchiefs uh, as 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 the rumor mill suggests but either way van damme locked into a five-year deal was about to become the guy in ecw uh, that has very much had the brakes put on it and uh, he's out for 12 weeks and there's talk about him getting them taking the television championship off him at this point he had been a record-breaking ecw television champion did we love the reign of rob van damme as ecw tv champion matthew we absolutely did uh rob van damme coming out and being so insanely over doing all his cool stuff and he said many times that he wasn't bothered about not winning the ecw world title because he elevated the tv title to very much the same level as that because he was so over and popular and had such an amazing reign and it's a good point, actually, because it makes sense to have all the titles elevated at that same level, because that means if the world title isn't around or something's happened or something crazy like, you know, they leave because Heyman isn't paying them, then they can have the TV champion Rob Van Dam there. It'd be very awkward if those two events happened at the Ooh. same time, you know, the mm. ECW world champion and the TV champion being uh, injured. I mean, that would... Can you imagine, Tom? Hey, talking of things that surely could never possibly happen, one of the biggest, uh, no, most noteworthy things from this media press call uh, was something that wasn't said. Uh, quote Dave Meltzer, when asked about the rumours of a WWF-CBS deal, which would result in the USA Network package going to TNN, and how that would potentially affect ECW, uh, David Schwartz, representing TNN, said, no comment. <sighs> That's a yes, in it. That's a yes, oh, in it. 
No, it's a no comment. <clears throat> no, but you heard the man. That's when you say no. When you say nothing, that basically means a yes. <laughs> when you say nothing, it's when you say it best. When you say no, uh, so we know how this story goes. We will monitor this going forward. Uh, let's skip over uh, to our favourite sinking ship that is World Championship Wrestling at this point. Uh, Shane Douglas. Um, says uh, this is a Shane Douglas story from WCW after Douglas kept refusing to sign his release WCW has officially given him his, his 30 day notice WCW apparently attempted to make a deal with him if he were to sign he'd get two months pay instead of one month apparently Douglas is being handled differently than Conan because Conan had said that he never actually asked for a release Billy Kidman who was at the meeting where all of this took place said that he remembered Conan not asking for his release saying he and Conan both never specifically asked but in being there, he considered it was implied. It was <laughs> Douglas is on the internet threatening legal action against WCW. So what's happened here is um, at this point, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenka, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero have all jumped to Dub Dub F. There was talk that Shane Douglas, Conan, and Billy Kidman may end up going with them as well. WWF kind of went, nah, we're not bothered, mate. So these three are backtracking in very different ways which I'm fascinated by. Uh, Billy, Kidman is going, Billy Kidman is going down the route of, I was in the room, but I didn't say anything. <laughs> but I was in the room. Uh, Conan is saying, you definitely did this. Uh, Shane Douglas is saying, nah, mate, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> so they're all handling this very, very similar situation in three very different ways. Uh, Billy Kidman was on Wrestling Observer Live just the other day uh, talking about this whole situation. Billy Kidman said what happened with him is basically he lost contact with Benoit, Malenko, Saturn and Guerrero just before they went over and said there was a major reason why he stayed and still questioned whether that it was the best move. He noted that he was promised a program with Jeff Jarrett, but when Hart was taken out of the picture, Jarrett was moved up and it ended up being another proposed program with a top guy that never materialised. I'm sure Billy Kidman will get his program with his top guy soon enough and oh, he will get every Everything he ever wished for. <laughs> it's a mess over there. I love Billy Kevin saying I lost contact with them. Like he's on the phone of Di Malenko and they're like, hang on, we're going into a tunnel. <laughs> you got Perry Saturn crunching up paper next to the speaker. What? You, we're, we're staying at. Oh, he's gone. Benoit pretend to be the, the sound of the, the plane going, please put your phones away. Oh, there we go. You know what? I'll, I'll call you right back, mate. This number yeah, has this been is, disconnected. Uh... All right, Chris. Go on, Benoit, do it. Do, do, do. <laughs> no, Benoit, do it again. <clears throat> do, do, do. There we go. Much better. <laughs> pretend you could have promo. <laughs> yes, this is the fascinating story of how four men left and then three men were left to... Uh, Pretend nothing had happened. Uh, it's rather like Yes Minister, isn't it? So, oh. so you're telling me you were you were trying to negotiate your release. Well, I negotiate's a strong word there, Bischoff. Um, I mean, but you were in the room with them at the time. I, I, I was, yes. Uh, I was I was talking to Conan and Shane Douglas about the weather. <laughs> so you had no idea they were going to WWF. Uh, what is a WWF? <laughs> I mean, I, love I was Shane in Douglas the room though, <laughs> when everybody was compl when everybody was saying they were going to WWF. I was in the room. I was sat next to them, <laughs> as they said. But 
didn't necessarily mean I was involved. <laughs> yes, I mean, the, the, the question, do you want to come with us to WWF, is just so ambiguous. And my answer of, yes, for the love of God, please take me. I'll hide in your bag. I mean, it's who, who can tell what that means? <laughs> Will there be Your more Honor. radicals on the horizon? Uh, this is again from The Observer. He says, at this point, WWF say there is no interest in Shane Douglas Conan or Kevin Nash, who was also another name that was uh, rumoured. And no direct talk. Kevin to Nash? Nash was apparently another one saying, can I come as well? <laughs> Which is brilliant! When you consider that Nash, like, like Kevin Nash was so embedded in WCW, and even he was going, um... Can I come over there? Because Kevin Nash could see the writing on the wall with WCW. So there was so whether he'd started it, I'd like to think Kevin Nash being the master politician that he is, I'd like to think that he started the rumours. <laughs> there Absolutely. was between him and W like, oh we've heard from Devin Cash that there may be another seven foot man going to the WWF. Maybe. He started them rumours, most definitely. Yeah, th there's no way there's any truth to that. Or oh, Kevin Ash said it as a joke because he was getting paid guaranteed money to sit on his ass and commentate. <laughs> oh, no, not at this point, but... Yeah, no, actually, he had been, yeah, 99 to 2000. He was getting guaranteed <laughs> six figures to basically, as he says, in his own words, to just piss around with his mate Scott Hall. <laughs> and just... And he, he was booking as well at this point, wasn't he? He was on the booking team. Uh, I forget the actual timeline of it. I think he was done by 99. Mm. Maybe he had a hand in things in 2000. I need to check. But right now we're Kevin Sullivan-ism. Right. But also I'd like to just point out the story that Bruce Pritchard's said. And I'll say this for Bruce because I listened to the Jim Ross podcast uh, with Comrade Thompson about No Way Out for preparation. And it was very glad listening to two hours to get maybe three lines worth of interest and stuff. Um, at least Bruce Pritchard, for all his uh, BS, says stuff. And one of the best things he said was, asked about this, he said, yeah, Conan did ring him, but he didn't realise it was Conan because he was going, instead of going like, hello, it's Conan from WCW, he went, yo, 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 Arriba La Raza, it's K-Dog. <laughs> what do I need to do to come to WWF? And Bruce is like, excuse me? Oh, my God. He thought he was some, like, indie dude. He goes, uh, he said, yeah, uh, send in a tape. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's him. <laughs> don't know if it not, but the, the idea of, like, everyone else talking, like, yes, this is Chris Benoit. We're interested in coming home. <laughs> yo, yo, get rowdy. Yo, yo. Oh, Peel your potatoes and toss your salads. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Funny enough, it reminds me of a real-life story from when I lived in Wolverhampton a few years ago. Well, many years ago. A different lifetime ago now. And I was in, the, I was in a pub uh, with a mate of mine, and somebody else had come in with their friend, a f mutual friend. They could, somebody I vaguely knew through radio-based things, and they'd come in with their mate who was a DJ. So this other mate, I forget his name, he was like, oh, so you're the radio guy then. You're Tom, the big radio guy from The Wolf. I was like, oh, no, it's one of these conversations, isn't it? I was like, yeah, yes, yeah, so, Oh, great. So, hey, uh, how's your radio? What's, do your radio voice for me? Do your radio voice. I was like, I'm, this kind of this oh. kind of is my radio voice. Oh, well, uh, this is, well, I'll give you a bit of mine. Hey, it's uh, it's so-and-so here, and uh, you're playing big songs oh. on The Wolf. Latest travel on the way. And I was like, oh, great, really pleased for you. And then near the end of our conversation before they went and sat down, this guy says, hey, uh, Tom, before we go over there, um, who, uh, who's your producer? Who, 
who's your producer at uh, the at Wolf? I said, well, I kind of produce myself. Oh, okay. Well, uh, who's is it still? Uh, is it still so and so running the company? So yeah. So well, I think I'm gonna you know have to. Uh, he dusted his. I remember him dusting his jacket. Gonna have to uh, drop him a taper by because I feel like I could. Uh, I could be giving you a run for your money. For oh. God's sake, are you kidding me? And I just kind of, I found the whole thing so funny. I went, yes, please, please send something. I beg you, send something. And I was, and he never did, which really made me sad. I was so excited to hear this guy go, oh, I was like, oh, I think I'll give you a run for your money. And I love the idea of him ringing my boss and going, hey, what's up? It's me. I'm uh, just calling to see whether I can get all the airwaves. Oh! In true K-Dog <laughs> fashion. I really hope that would happen, but sadly it didn't. That's right. This is a flood of the M22. <laughs> <laughs> Talking a flood? Here's Take That Song, The Flood. Oh, <laughs> You're listening to The Wolf. Ooh. I hate radio people. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you get that a lot? people. Um... Uh, do you know what? I don't get that as often anymore because it's 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 no longer my uh, it's no longer my re- main relationship. It's more my side bitch now, uh, so I don't get it as often. Um, I get I, and my, it's been replaced by people who send lovely DMs, nice polite DMs, saying how do I? I had somebody send me a DM who said, "How do I start a career in podcasting slash ring announcing slash radio presenting?" <laughs> I was like, well, so what? How do you do what I do now? Um, <laughs> I guess there's different ways. I mean, I don't know. But more often than not, people are lovely. Um, but it's just a, it was just that guy always stays in my memory. When you talked about K Dog, then I was like, yeah, that reminds me of him. Do you know a few more people that were possibly coming over to the other side? Uh, yes, please. A couple of the names that are floating around the Observer at this point, um, according to Dave. There would be interest in Ric Flair if he got out of his deal, but that no longer is seriously being talked about. But there was a point in early 2000, late 99, where WWF were like, yeah, we'll take Ric Flair. And they weren't doing a whole lot of anything with him at the moment. There was a lot of confusion around the booking of Ric Flair. Uh, so I've been quite happy to have seen him away. Um, there were also some feelers put out by Diamond Dallas Page, but that does not like it's happening either. DDP, I remember reading in Power Slam, was so desperate to get into WWF during all of this point. There was a story about him seeing Vince McMahon at an airport and hugging Vince McMahon, saying, yeah. at last we finally meet. <laughs> I want that to be real. Oh, no, it was uh, because they made it a gimmick. Oh, they used that for the basis of uh, Steve Austin's heel turn when he was hugging Vince and stuff like that. It really bothered Vince that a guy hugged him. Oh, really? So that was what it was based yeah. on? According to what I have read. Oh, And no wow. one's disputed it, but TDP uh, trying to leave, that's weird. It's so weird, isn't it? These people paid enormous sums of money, and DDP was one of the unlucky chaps who paid himself out of his uh, Time Warner deal to leave to go to WWF. Because in fairness to DDP, he, didn't have, he had more matches behind him than in front of him but then you know uh let's let's tease it <laughs> see if you're still listening this in a year's time and let's pretend it went well for him let's and just all those say matches he had against sarah undertaker <laughs> oh christ we'll get to that when we get to that that's quite a thing uh but that's a little snapshot of the wrestling world uh oh if, uh, some, some nice japan news this tenru announced that he'll be restarting war as a more regular company 
You a fan of war? Oh, well, I didn't go very... That, oh, I love war. That didn't go very far. Then he did one bloody show because uh, <laughs> something else is about to happen in uh, the Japanese wrestling industry that made Henry go, oh, never mind. Oh. Do you know what that is, Tom? Or? Wow. He's teasing everything. Well, let's tickle the taint this oh, entire opening segment. My taint is well and truly tickled by that, so we'll find out down the road. Oh, okay. It's, it's going to be all over the Wrestling Observer, so you can't miss it. <laughs> no, it's not It's not Conan signs for Old Japan. <laughs> yo, yo, it's K-Dog. Get, get me over to Japan. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, la la. Puts a microphone in the crowd. It's just absolute silence. <laughs> Arriba la raza! So that is the world of uh, the wrestling world at this point. Uh, now we go over to Matthew Gregg, who's going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. That's right, I am. Monday Night Raw, dramatic recap. We did a thing there, like, previously on Monday previously Night Raw. Previously on Monday Night Raw. Tory has a neck brace. <laughs> and <laughs> Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley is livid at the crowd because it was their fault for encouraging Kane to give her a tombstone last smackdown also triple h books rock versus benoit and thanks to rock's new new haha <laughs> i'll put nwo here and i know said new world order <laughs> thanks to rock's no way out opponent big show benoit pins the rock it's a good start for him yeah. then the rock tries to attack the big show afterwards but all three and a half members of the radicals beat him up <laughs> triple h knows kane wants a no holds barred match of xbox so he'll give him one to Xbox looking shocked. If he can beat Triple H in a partner of his choosing in a no holds barred handicap match, of course, cut to Xbox looking happy. <laughs> Triple H picks Big Show, and together they pound Kane until The Rock shows up to throw chairs. Oh, and also Cactus Jack shows up and mows down Tory running to the ring. That was so absolutely funny. destroys her. Absolutely and amazing. There's, there's more on that to come. There's <laughs> a big old brawl and raw. With Cactus taking a spanner to Triple H's face. Good job he's not Test, or that would have smarted. <laughs> and that leads us to Widdy Wah, Widdy Woo, Widdy Wah, Widdy Woo. And I actually type out the words Widdy Wah, Widdy Woo. And the debut of the DX Express. Yes, the, the one of the top three expresses, one of the top three uses of a coach in wrestling history. Well, the other one is, of course, I need a hero. Like, Luger for SummerSlam 93. Uh, there's the X Express. What's the third one? Jonathan Coachman. For. <laughs> <laughs> you could also have as a top. And, and at number four, by the way, close runner up, uh, honorary mention, the Millionaire's Club coach from WCW. <laughs> God, I don't remember that. They had a coach. They turned up in a coach, did they? Because they're millionaires, I guess they could buy a coach. So they all turned up in a... It was not long after the DS, DX Express was blown up and they started New Blood versus Millionaires Club and all the millionaires turned up on a coach together. <laughs> it's just like, I thought you were millionaires. Most... You're not meant to ride yeah. in limos. It's the most unmillionaire thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> get all, everybody with a Millionaires Club, get on board this greyhound. Here we go, the Megabus Club. <laughs> anyway, the D-Express is very impressive. Uh, we're in Fresno. No, I don't know what that is. And DX come to the ring to explain things. And for the first time in a long while, the New Age Outlaws are clearly bad guys. As Billy Gunn tells us, the Dudleys are getting the title shot at No Way Out. But they're not impressed with them because 
New Age Outlaws are not Terry Runnels or some nameless EMT, because apparently BB's been redacted for some reason. Maybe she said Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at the Iron Man match wasn't very good. <laughs> and X-Pac gets the microphone. The boos are very impressive. It's a lovely, lovely warm crowd tonight. He ain't happy that his friend, Triple H, is responsible for putting him in this no-holds-bars match at No Way Out. And after Triple H puts over the Rumble match of Cactus and what an amazing match it was and how it was the greatest match of all time and all this, he eventually apologises to X-Pac and says tonight he'll wrestle Kane in this very ring one-on-one. -on X-Pac's still not thrilled about it. He says he wants Triple H to put the title on the line when he takes on Kane tonight. And Triple H thinks about it and agrees he'll do that because he's a good friend. Xbox is impressed with this manulus and he says, well, if you're going to defend your title against Kane tonight, what the hell, I'll take out Cactus Jack for you tonight. So now Triple H says he isn't impressed and says, hey, Kevin Dunn. And we get a replay of Cactus Jack bulldozing Tory. <laughs> Ruddy hell. And Triple H is upset seeing it, I quote, an innocent looking waif getting hurt like that. So Xbox should take out Cactus in a falls count anywhere, no holds barred match. X-Pac agrees. He agrees because his Cactus uh, Jack has damaged his property. And also New Age Outlaws are going to defend their tag titles tonight against The Rock <gasps> and The Big Show. Ah, oh, lots of relief there for New Age Outlaws. A fun 18-minute segment to start off the show. The interactions between Triple H and DX as he tries to keep his friends happy while starting to also book a show. So what? Pretty all right. Pretty, very energetic 18 minutes of humming and hawing. What do you think, Tom? There... There's two versions. There's there's two descriptions of the word waif. There's two two oh, meanings. There's that? two meanings. A young person who is thin and looks unhealthy or uncared for. <laughs> or a homeless, neglected, or abandoned person. Neither are massively what? complimentary. <laughs> but I've never heard that. I've always heard white waif in a, a positive term. I guess I'm into the the first thing rather than the second thing. But, um, well, that that little subtly escaped me and X Park. But and basically, Tori, a waif, but she's still a, she's still recovering. A waif is a living creature removed <laughs> removed by hardship, loss, or other helpless circumstance from its original surroundings. So I guess you could play it as Triple H has saved Tori from X Park from Kane. Sorry, and. Uh, but either way, it's just, just a funny use of the word waif. <laughs> See, I'm on Urban Dictionary and they're supporting me at waif. A model usually involve a hard to culture modelling who is skinnier than the average model. It says, <laughs> her visible rib signifies that she is a waif. I'm spelling waif W-A-I-F. Have I got that right? Yeah. Um, That's right. Well, it's open a skinny, skinny person. <laughs> it says it, a skinny, skinny person, usually lanky. And there's a link for lanky. I guess that makes sense. I guess the way that I'm looking at it is sort of blends into the uh, the the phrase waifs and strays, which even so yes. is still not particularly pleasant. Um, well, that's that's good because Triple H was reading Great Expectations backstage, so maybe. <laughs> has he? Oh, no. Triple H now reading some of the classics. Is that now where? We're... Yes. Kane. Uh, sorry. From from the last definition on breaks. <laughs> The last ex uh, last definition for wave just says skinny woman quote man your girl is an effing wave. <laughs> <laughs> this is Urban Dictionary. 
Yeah, it says Source, Hunter, Hurst. Oh, I can't read the rest. <laughs> Who knows? When did uh, a wrestler first acknowledge Kevin Dunn? Was it Triple H's theme music? Yes. Was that the first time so. it was ever it was ever acknowledged that there was a man called Kevin Dunn that was pressing buttons in the, in his theme music where he says, <sighs> "Oh, keep your finger off the switch, Dunn." Is that the first time? I was trying to remember in the past where somebody ha- instead of instead of just saying "roll the footage," asked Kevin Dunn to roll the footage back. Maybe Vince McMahon when he was doing commentary, but I, I'll have to check. Even like in the old Raw episodes, I don't ever remember. Kevin Dunn being asked, like being being named, but uh, I may be wrong on that. I may be very yeah, wrong on that. But, but I feel like this is one of the earlier times where Kevin Dunn, outside of Triple H's music, has been acknowledged. And also, yeah. would like to say the crowd just sort of the crowd tick along in this one. Like they 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 cheer and boo, and it's you know the 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 needles moving when they mention the Rock. Like, the place just immediately shoots up to 100. Like I can't get over yeah. how ludicrously popular The Rock is at this point, in, in the best possible way. Like, tonight, the Rock's, the Rock's work is based around a very arbitrary tag match. But the way the crowd are reacting, it's like it's WrestleMania. I just yeah it never ceases to amaze me the the reactions at the rock even just the name when someone says the rock when the word the rock comes out of their mouth how the crowd react it's unreal yeah we're reaching a crazily good period mm. right now so the wrestling's good the characters are good the segments are fun I mean what could bring it down Tom what what what's one thing that could oh next segment uh, Mark Henry and May Young are being touchy feely backstage and the Hollies walk past them and tell them off of the being disgusting, saying, well, we saw you exchange edible panties on Raw and it made them sick. To which Henry replies, well, it'll make you sick if you eat a lot of them. <laughs> it's all right. Sadly, that's the best joke of the, this whole bit. Henry says, ah, oh, you two are just jealous because you ain't getting any of this. And Holly says, why would they be jealous? She's had more hands on her than a doorknob. <laughs> okay, that was good. I forgot about that bit. And Henry's not happy. So he goes, oh, yeah, well, when you do something about it. And so they do. And the Hollies beat down Henry and knock down Mae Young. So we're two for two for women getting plowed over in the show for the kids. <laughs> and this is a story. This is a, an ep- this begins an episode long storyline for Mark Henry. Don't call it a storyline. Is it? <laughs> An ep- a we- a storyline, a, a an episode long event, <laughs> a, an episode long happening. Yes, a storyline that escaped the the filler room and made its way into the the TV edit. This week on Grilling Jr. The I think it's this week's episode where there's there where Mark Henry is brought up and. It's mentioned, and, and a bit from the Observer is read about how WWF are trying to get Mark Henry to quit. And Jim Ross aggressively denies this. And it's something that we've talked about, and many other outlets have talked about, how Mark Henry was put into these storyline situations that were so contrived and so awkward that they were hoping he would just quit. That was always the belief, and the belief was that Mark Henry went, no, screw you, I'm staying, and I'm going to make this really entertaining, despite you. Uh, JR aggressively denies that the Mae Young stuff, the, you know, the, anything, any of these 
dodgy stories involving Mark Henry were done as a way of getting him to quit. Because JR said, if we wanted him to quit, we'd just send him home and have him sit out the rest of his contract. I think we discussed this on, on the last times we had Henry doing stuff in 99, where, yeah, the popular belief has been that they booked him these things. But then you look at, I think what we saw last time, and I hope we did, was that, yeah, it's not like the rest of the show was, you know, UWF-style <laughs> Akira Maid or whatever. It's all super serious. And then here comes Mark Henry getting with transsexuals or anything. And the, the whole rest of the show was like that. The whole, it was all craziness and sex and whoa and stuff. So, yeah, I think this, that doesn't make sense if you sit down and actually watch a TV and go, nah, it doesn't seem... Mark Henry wasn't doing anything that was atypical for anybody else. It's actually very in keeping with the style of the wrestling at the moment, isn't it? That's right. I always love when I take uh, 50 words to get to a point and then Tom sums up in three. <laughs> yes. But yes. <laughs> hey, look, it's a match. Triple H versus Kane for the oh, title. Oh, out nice a, and early. Yeah, it's a bit weird, but it'll make sense later on. Kane pounds away on Triple H and he's riding the black and red wave of momentum after nearly killing his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Make him a firm favourite here in Fresno. He dumps Kane... No, he doesn't. He dumps Triple H on the announced table and then hoys him off Ric Flair style. Interesting oh, spot. Triple H is, is, is Ric Flair cosplaying very briefly here. That's right. That's, that's why the, the rumours were afoot that Flair was coming in. Even though Flair leaving WCW, WWF rumours have been as long going since... Newcastle United are up for sale. <laughs> Just saying. Lola calls Kane the big red retard, giving us that quota for the week. Take a shot. And in the ring, Kane takes a DDT, surprisingly not on his knees, and starts no-selling, and the crowd love it. Kane connects with the top rope clothesline, back when he'd not land on his feet immediately afterwards. And DX show up for the DQ, and Kane gets beat down. X-Pac attacks, attacks Bearer, for, and I've put here for poos and giggles. And Lola <laughs> says, now, yeah, now anyone bearer, that... Oh, the, the Paul Bearer kick in here. Normally, when a manager gets hit, they're done. Like, I was always told when working as a manager, like, your life bar is one. <laughs> like, your life bar is the lowest. So as soon as anybody strikes you, you're done. Paul Bearer survives a big kick in from X-Pac here. Yeah, but in fairness, Tom, if you're X-Park and you see Paul Bearer, you're going to have to get more than one shot in when the manager is bigger than you. <laughs> it's very true, actually. Uh, and Lola says, in fairness, anyone that ugly needs hitting in the face. DX kidnapped Paul Bearer and brawl with him all the way out of the arena and shove him in the baggage section of the DX Express. <laughs> Kane then tries to save his... Possibly father, possibly not. It's a bit convoluted. And so they shove him in as well. And then the DX Express drives off. <laughs> wow, that's insanity. Last we'll ever see a poor Baron Kane. What a tragedy. Anyway, here's Kurt Angle. <laughs> it's that lightning quick speed that we move along on SmackDown in this time. Something terrible has happened to some people. Don't matter, there's some more wrestling going on now. Quick crack on. Yeah, because otherwise people will overanalyze and go, wait, what? Where are they going? Uh, Kurt Angle understands that millions of kids 
went to bed crying after witnessing the cowardly attack by China on Kurt Angle last Raw. In fact, they're having nightmares of China attacking them in their sleep. <laughs> Kurt Angle also wants to assure all his fans in Belgium that he's in fact a-okay. He's a European champion, but don't worry USA, he's gonna take Jericho's title at No Way Out so he can represent them too. I was absolutely howling throughout this entire bit here. Angle is, is, is got it. It's completely got it, completely nailed the character. And it's kind of like, maybe this is the paternal bit in me talking, but if you're teaching your little one how to walk and you see them struggling and then they're hopping and then they're falling over and eventually get it. And you're like, yes, he's so proud. <laughs> Kurt Angle's grown up. <laughs> I was trying to figure out and I couldn't find anything on uh, The Observer why Kurt Angle has a lot of tape at the top of his leg because it looks as if um, he's got some it looks like the tops of his legs are taped now it could just be a case it could just be support uh, but I didn't know whether or not they, that he was working with an injury that we weren't aware of at this point I was going to say I'm pretty sure he doesn't take any time off so uh, it may have just be been support. Possibly. Like the yeah. observer doesn't doesn't bring anything to light that suggests there's a problem, but uh, I just wasn't sure whether or not we'd missed something. But no. Um, if you, obviously, if you are Kurt Angle and you know, please let us know. Yeah, Kurt. You're not doing nothing else nowadays, are you? <laughs> uh, anyway, China and the BFG 2000 show up, and it's the match is China versus Angle after the vicious low blow on Raw. Angle does not take China seriously. And, I, and I'll put here, good lad. He schools her and delivers Feynman's carries and then dances. And so, so happy. <laughs> so he's over the moon with this. He's like, yay! And then as soon as China starts fighting back, he hits with the European title for the DQ and then celebrates again. Jogo comes down to save China because that's what she's been doing for him these past few weeks. But he takes an angle slam. So he celebrates it yet again, leaving China to low blow him and leave to cheers. Because Triple H said China had to look really, really good backstage. Basically, the, the relationship with Triple H, China and the locker room at this point. You know that Hey Arnold episode, Get the Ball to Tucker? That's basically uh -huh. what's going on here, where it's the, it's the basketball team. The only strategy is to get the ball to Tucker. And anybody that's involved in a feud with China, to make sure China wins. Make sure China looks strong. Get the ball to Tucker. So China yeah. is Tucker here. Yeah, right now, Angle and Jericho are working as umbrellas. And if China goes outside in the rain and she gets wet, they're going to get blamed. <laughs> yeah. It's It sucks, but it's true. And it's the SmackDown debut next of the APA backstage bit with it's the so, door. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, this was something that had happened on Raw, I believe. Like, they, they started calling themselves the Acolytes Protection Agency. Yes. So... I just I was curious because they because they they had it written on the board they didn't they didn't ostensibly acknowledge it um, but they've been using it since January thirty first on Raw but this is like the first time they've started to use it as like they, they have the office backstage and all that stuff and I love it I love these bits yeah straight away love the idea and again. It <laughs> 
it's the subtle bits that's the only subtle bit of this whole bloody palaver but Mark Henry and Mae Young are like well come on well, come with me I'll go the door stuff is particularly <laughs> good where it's just the frame of the door yeah. big fan yeah so they knock on the door and Mark Henry says look I have to settle some unfinished business I need you to look after Mae Young and they go oh yeah you got any money he goes oh yeah I got money he goes oh I'll sit it down then okay and uh, that's part one <laughs> so Mae Young has been left in the uh, in the care of of Farouk and Bradshaw. Whose idea was the APA? Do I have we know? No idea, but they deserve a raise. Yes, exactly. Like I love this is such a unique element to the WWF at this point. Like this tag team that, that just says that we will, you know, we'll we'll if you got the money, we'll look after you. We'll go wherever. And I love that, and, and I'm glad that going forward, not not just in this bit, but just in wrestling in general, we get to see more of the APA. Yep. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll come to this when we have to. We then go to Michael Cole and Lawler hyping up I Dare You, The Ultimate Challenge, which is one of the few UPN shows without a WF cameo. And by crikey, Tom, you know a show's good when it's got a subtitle in the name. <laughs> and I have a IMDb review here. It's the only one that was on there. Oh, I get it. Tell of... us all about it. Tell us all about it. I had never heard of this show until recently. Originally broadcast in 2000 for one season. Only it was a blip. That wasn't read very well, but it's not my grammar. <laughs> I see it on Canada. I see it on Canada cable in 2012. Not too many shows. I think under 10. <laughs> what? Oh, not too many shows. I think on, there's only ten episodes. Right? Okay. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> I do show, an English. I are good yeah, at a talk now. Each show tackled one huge stunt done in Las Vegas. Most stunts were successful, and they were truly dangerous. Ooh, almost rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> this are too a wrestling. Bad. <laughs> Too bad the show did not survive, but I'm sure it was a matter of time before survival was on the minds of the producers and the stunt men in reality. Oh, <laughs> well, there you I'm go. glad I didn't read this before reading out on the on the air. Great show worth a watch. <laughs> stunt man's playground, and that's the sentence. When tuning around the TV, what? I'll say that again. When tuning around the TV you might come across this interesting expose of the stunt world. The main stunt coordinator of the show <laughs> took on one of the craziest stunts because all the other guys he knew, he knew would not do it. <laughs> Probably the best show of them all, too. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Well, you're, sell you're selling me. You're selling me on this particular uh... show. I mean, it's, it's, it shows how hot WF is. It's just like, wow, what, wow, May Young, the APA, Mark Henry, woo. By the way, also a new PN. <laughs> well, which would you rather watch? I Dare You or Shasta McNasty? <laughs> oh, Shasta, because at least Grandmaster Sexay was on that. Grandmaster Shasta, as he Grand was then known. That's on the Wikipedia page for TV uh, sitcoms with a very negative response. Oh, really? Yeah, it's up there with... Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever seen or heard of it, but uh, Heil Honey, I'm Home. Oh, is this the is this the Adolf Hitler sitcom? Uh, yes, it, it's supposed to be satirical uh, and making fun of the bad American soaps at the time. Because whenever he comes through the door, the crowd cheer, because like, hey! 
but it's not very well done. <laughs> so I can see why a lot of people... Oh, and even better, the best thing about that is the first episode was uh, aired after an episode of a repeat of Dad's Army. <laughs> so the BBC voiceover goes, and unless Captain Mandarin's crew beat him, Adolf Hitler will be up next. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Uh, anyway, the the X Express returns. It's um I don't know. It's deposited to Kane and Bearer somewhere, somewhere to live a new life, the new identities. But never mind that. May Young plays Poku of the APA after they realised she has money, and I've put oh goody. They realised they need to tell a story with these segments. <laughs> Clearly, Matthew was filled with optimism. <laughs> Matthew was still thinking about the stunt show review. <laughs> And never mind old po never mind dogs playing poker. It's Taz. Oh, it's Taz. Yay! Versus oh. Gangrel, and sadly without Luna. Do we know? Uh, do you want to know why Luna isn't there? Uh, I do not because I listen to Jim Ross's boring podcast. But Tom, <laughs> you've done it, so I will add if there's anything I need to add. Okay, from the Wrestling Observer, Luna Vachon was let go. There was an incident in California where she allegedly taped the mouth shut of a TV producer. She claimed the producer was her friend and it was a rib, but the producer was very upset about it. When she was rehired the last time, she since uh, since she's had a history of blow-ups both before and during her WWF career, she was told the company wasn't going to put up with any problems. This isn't expected to affect the career of her husband, Gangrel, in any way form so luna has just been a little bit silly backstage sounds like she got a bit rambunctious and now she is away is that similar to what jr told you yeah pretty much uh, he went into more detail about some of the problems they would have with luna and he said like luna was nice and everything but there were times when like it was very early in the morning or late at night and you got a call it was just like luna luna needs to see it. luna's got a problem so Jim Ross is like in the hotel. So I was like, oh, all right, all right, I'll go see you. So like, what's, 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 what's happening? What's happening? He's like, I have a headache. <laughs> so Jim Ross had to be like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so apparently she had some issues and was a bit of a handful. And in fairness, Sean Stajak got fired for taping a producer. So <laughs> In a very different way. Yeah. Hey. So that's sad. But like I said, they said, well, it's not going to affect Gangrel's, you know, career in brackets because there isn't one to speak over the minute. Yeah, so. this, it's not like he's in the in the midst of a mega push, is he? No. I'm sad, though, because the Luna Gangrel act was a good one. Like, they, they, they complemented each other really well. They absolutely did. And somewhere on the right is just cursing under his breath and rubbing out, Gangrel beats Kurt Angle for European title. <laughs> was my master plan darn it damn it without the lunar distraction finish it just doesn't work <laughs> i mean bb one week luther the next how will the prestigious wf women's division in 2000 <laughs> cope tom <laughs> this anyway. is a dark dark day Gosh, that's right Speaking of dark days, here's Taz's push. Oh. Taz, Northern Lights Tazplex, clotheslines, the ones where he hits him so hard that he nearly falls over himself, the wrapping elbows to the face, rather like how Luna wrapped tape around that TV producer's mouth, <laughs> T-bone Tazplex, Taz looks great. And they locked in the Taz mission, that's it, very quick match. 
if they had Taz do this every week, everything would have been okay. Absolutely. I've even put here, this is how you should book Taz. This is how you book him. You just make him quick and dominant, and, and then you move along. But sadly... They won't ever really click with Taz. Sadly, we've already seen the peak. <laughs> yeah, it's all troughs from now on. <laughs> Backstage, Cactus Jack is interviewed by Lillian Garcia, and Cactus Jack explains sometimes he forgets where he lives. So he's not going to say that he'll definitely win at Hell in the Cell, but win or lose, he'll be the damnedest thing you'll ever see. And Cactus Jack promises he'll fly off the cell one more time. But he won't be thrown off. He'll be flying off through Triple H's body. Bang, bang. This is a great promo by Cactus. Yeah. Lots of, lots of passion, lots of fire. You might as well just type it like Cactus Jack does a good promo. <laughs> yeah, like you Every are. single time the microphone's in front of him. Pretty much what I did here. But yeah, this is... Uh, I, I'm, I'm hyped for Cactus Jack versus Triple H. Oh, yeah. Backstage with the APA. Uh, they laugh at the old woman playing cards. But of course, in humorous fashion, she has three threes and two twos. So she takes their money and they continue to play some more. And I've typed up, ooh, it's a slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> they do love these show long May Young bits. I feel like multiple times we've been in the situation where we've talked about multiple May Young promos on an evening. She must be a ratings winner. Yeah, the, the backstage, I'm sure she's a ratings winner. <laughs> she's just popping the boys, isn't she? That's all she's doing. She's just popping yes. the boys. Anyway, Cactus Jack versus X-Pac is next. Foley gets the advantage to start, so that means... Acha, acha, acha. <laughs> Him and Luger are the noisiest wrestlers. Acha. 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 I was watching, unrelated, some uh, Francois Botha, the South, <laughs> South African boxer, uh, fights. Because um, he, he had a fight against Tyson where he was absolutely schooling Tyson until he well, got punched in the face. And also Lennox Lewis, who he was doing really well with until Lennox Lewis punched him in the face. But he <laughs> he does a luger. Every time he goes, he goes, oh! <laughs> he's, he's yelling, he's like, ah! But even worse because when he was going against Tyson, he's throwing these blows. He goes, arr, arr, and then he like Tyson cuts him off when he hits the KO punch. He goes, arr, arr. <laughs> <laughs> he heard, and then thud. Anyway, Cactus Jack clothesline. What? Oh, the Cactus clothesline. There we go. Sends him outside, and then Cactus flungs both of them onto the announce table. Xbox gets a chair to the head. Only gets two in this false count anywhere match. Massive chance of Foley. Foley. X-Pac misses the Bronco Buster in the corner, so Jack tries the cactus elbow on the outside, but X-Pac buggers off. Foley chases as Lola says, hey, look at his hobbling. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure none of that was acting at this point. There's Foley is walking uh, not very well. Um, X-Pac throws a table at him as he goes through a door, then scarpers, and Foley continues to chase him directly into the coach area. So take a guess and see what happens. It's uh, also unrelated, if you are looking for tickets to a sold-out show, the coach area is one of the best places to look for tickets. Is Just it? Saying. It is. If you walk past those coaches and these, you see some coachmen, not that one, but people who drive coaches and they're uh, having to catch your eye, you know, you've got some money. Just saying. 
But surprise, surprise, Kattestat does not get tickets to No Way Out in 10 days' time. Instead, the DX crew bum rush him and they throw him into the express, the luggage bit as well, because they paid a lot of money for this and they'll make every, every cent of it back on TV. Uh, DX throws him in the baggage area as Rodog yells, There's no way out! Ah, ha, ha, ha. And Katniss Jack presumably joins Kane and Paul Bearer in the dump from Toy Story 3. <laughs> Where are all these coaches taking them? Where do we think they're going? I wonder... Where do coaches go when they sleep? They go to um, the coach park. Do you reckon they're just taking them to the coach right. park? Because, like, think about... I'm just thinking, Play on the coach swings. They, they would have had to have ha hired a driver, okay, for this. So they've had to explain to this driver, who doesn't necessarily work for DX, works for the the driving, the bus company, and said, look, okay, we're just going to ask you to drive back to the depot. There are some people in the luggage bit. Don't worry about their screams. <laughs> Just take them to the depot and just make them a coffee. Leave them there. Because <laughs> we don't want them around today. <laughs> it's such, such a weird torture. We're just going to put you in a coach and this coach is going to go to the depot and then come back. Yeah, I've got nothing more to add to that. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but I was one of those people that thought, you know, oh, well, that's me done for the day says the bus driver. So he go and take the bus home and park it, you know, outside his house. It's the big double-decker on the street. <laughs> oh, really? So you thought that the coach drivers, that was like their main car, so they just park it up outside the house? Yeah. Um, I was a stupid child. I kind of, I get it, I get it. If you see a coach driver driving a coach, you just assume that's their coach. You're not far off, really, where, like, the, the taxi industry went. In the sense that now, like, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers just have their own cars to drive people around in. Yeah. You were a, uh, you were a trendsetter, sir, if nothing else. Yeah. That's beautiful, Tom. <laughs> I have nothing to add, so I'm going to talk about Too Cool. Which is brought to you by Milk, ShopZone <laughs> and Honda. Oh, in that order. I love the Milk. The Milk advertising... Uh, for w on WWF television is so strong there is a sign in the crowd that says got eyebrow in reference to the rock now that's when the when the advertising is punching through when people are merging it with like slogans from the wrestling good point Tom well made Rikishi was wrestling Perry Sutton on Raw but Eddie and his pipe attacked him so now he's hobbling along so tonight Too Cool will take on Sutton Malenko and we've got a good dramatic stare from Scotty Too Hotty. Oh, there's going to be blood on the dance floor tonight, Tom. And Perry Saturn takes some head scissors. As Hotty insists, he can wrestle, honest. Sexay comes in to take on Malenko and prove that he can... Well, he can dance. Anyway, Saturn T-bone Sexay. I notice the crowd chants EC dub for Taz, but not dubsy dub for radicals. Mm. Funny that happened, uh. Crowd is going nuts for Sexay to help him. Doing the single clap together. You know, everyone goes, clap. Clap, clap like that and dancing and it's amazing to see this on the network where everything's lovely quality because yeah you can literally see people go on stand up stand up chant, chant for him chant for him we need to we need to get behind him and either comedies have to go bloody hell these guys are really over and it's a hell of a thing to see Scott Doddy gets the hot tag counters the Texas Cloverleaf into a small package 
and it all breaks down the first rehearsal and Scott Dehotty lands the worm on Malenko but after a load of double drop kicks because they can rock and roll as well as dance and rave Eddie Guerrero shows up again to hit Scott Dehotty with a pipe for Saturn to steal the win and then Rikishi wanders out but his leg is still hurt so he's walking like Mick Foley however he is top tier in the character selection screen on Smackdown so he easily dismantles <laughs> everyone until Eddie twats him in his leg stick again and they all team up to pilmonize Kishi with some stairs and a chair. And then Saturn has the nerve, the spickability, to mock the dance. And I put here, damn, this show is hot. <laughs> Honestly, if there's one thing to watch, if you can't be asked watching the whole SmackDown, maybe there's clips of this on the W YouTube or anything. The crowd are just nuts during this. Two Cool and Rikishi are like in like the top five in terms of hottest in the promotion right now. And we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, how the, it felt to some people like a demotion for the Radicals to be paired up with Two Cool and Rikishi, when actually it's not in the grand scheme of things, big picture, like Two Cool and Rikishi are one of the hottest acts here. Um, my other uh, observations from this was and it's a bit mean but it's really true i as much as i like this whole radicals thing i believe and matthew i'd like to know if you disagree i don't mm -hmm. believe dean malenko has the intensity for this role i'm gonna reserve judgment until we see more of it because yeah. they have just got here it's a completely different place they've had to lose about five times uh because that's the way it is. Even Hogan had to lose when he came back in 2002. It's just how WWE operates. But Malenko is getting on the later bit of his career. And I'm going to wait and reserve judgment. Because right now, he was just a dude. But I know the proper matches with Scotty Duarte are yet to come. So I just felt like... So, oh, so I'm going to say... Aha, Tom, I just realised. I'm going to say... Like the TN the CBS, UPN, whatever dude said, no comment. <laughs> nice throwback. Nice throwback. But um Rikishi massive pop when he when he hobbled out and he it was like his his leg is hurt and he was selling it like death. Um huge pop for Rikishi when he comes out. Like he is like the crowd are great. The product at the moment is white hot. But Rikishi stands above that as well. He's a massive star at this point. Also the He limps above it. He really does. He really does. Also the steps had WWF written on the inside. Which I just thought <laughs> why why label them? It's fairly obvious who they belong to. Like like if you're if you if you're waiting I'm just sort of picturing the the, uh, the airport at the baggage reclaim with these WWF steps going around the baggage reclaim. Like a dentist isn't gonna pick them up thinking that they're theirs. <laughs> just having WWF spray painted on the inside confused me. I'm sure there is a legit reason as to why that is the case. Maybe like maybe before they've taken some steel steps and somebody's said, "Oh, hang on, I work for the venue; those are ours," and they've had to dispute that they're theirs. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Just that was my thought, and also I feel for the fact that possibly the most charismatic member of this group can't get in the ring at the moment. That being Eddie Guerrero. God, he's good. I think he's able to show more of his personality by being a sneaky dick on the outside. Mm. But never mind Eddie Guerrero and his greatness and his one arm. Have you seen any crazy things on a baggage handle? Baggage handle? Baggage uh, claim? What the bloody thing's called? A, bag a baggage Airport, reclaim carousel. Planes. 
thingies. <laughs> yes, them. But weirdest thing on a baggage reclaim carousel. Um, a um, it was two flamingos, the two garden flamingos. Weirdest okay, one good. I ever saw. Two garden flamingos. Uh, they had a piece of. They, from what I remember, they had a bit of rope wrapped around them. So they were stuck together, so heaven forbid, like, one gets lost and the other doesn't. No other packaging on them. They had the label and stuff. I didn't see anybody come and collect it because our bags arrived and we had to amscray. But, um, two flamingos. How about you, sir? Palm trees. <laughs> what, whole palm trees? Uh, yeah, a bunch of them. A collective. Uh, a, a, a plural of palm trees. <laughs> An apology of palm trees. Yes. Uh, what the hell is that doing here of palm trees? <laughs> <laughs> and we knew, I know this, it sticks out my mind because we just come back from uh, WrestleMania, me and my mates were at Newcastle Airport, and nothing else was coming out. With a good like fifteen minutes waiting for that bags to show up. So we saw that part those those same six palm trees go round and round and round and we cursed them. We cursed the very name of palm and trees. But I don't know, maybe they I had the fact that they were arriving in Newcastle as well. Like the the heartbreak for those palm trees, knowing how little sun they're about to get. Yeah, they're dead now. They're de <laughs> we killed them. Anyway, on that happy note, we come uh, from the ring to the ambulance, which is backstage, and as Rikishi has been brought in and you can tell he's in the good books or in the bad books because last time we saw a guy this size being uh, stretched out they had to do him on a forklift which of course Yokozuna after Vader broke his leg <laughs> well last times we saw uh, Yokozuna there and were you hearing or following this the, the, the rumour or story that Yokozuna was sent to fat camp by WWF and kept on escaping I I know this story, but it is brilliant, and it was yeah. it was him and Vader, wasn't it? From yes, because Cornet elaborated and said, "Yeah, I'd heard it." But what happened was Yokozuna was just trying to BS about it, but he forgot like the the numbers. So he ring up Cornet like one week and say, "Brother, I've lost one hundred and twenty pounds." It's like, "Oh, that's great." And then next week, he goes, "Brother, I've lost eighty pounds." He's like. What, you mean collectively or this week? And he's like, <laughs> brother, I've lost eight, 130 pounds. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Connor's doing sums going, what? what? In a week? <laughs> so he just kept on going up and down. He's like, you're not losing anything. He's like, no, no, no brother. <laughs> I love he's just making it up. Oh, Yokozuna. Yeah. He's terrified of spiders. Wait a minute, they should have just fed him spider sandwiches. <laughs> no, because he's still eating the bread. <laughs> Not the, the bread the bread of no not have the spiders been in it brother <laughs> you have told the Ashington story before but you know what Tom it's a belter and it's certainly better than May Young and APA so why don't you tell it again <laughs> um Yokozuna terrified of spiders um did a show in Ashington before and, and this is where we found out that he was terrified of spiders because the guy who was promoting the show is a mate of mine and he got a call saying, oh, Yokozuna, from his aide, from his manager saying, oh, Yokozuna's on the way to the venue. Can you please clean his dressing room? And they said, yeah, yeah, we've cleaned it this morning. It's all ready to go. No, you need to clean it again because Yokozuna is terrified of spiders. If he sees a spider, we won't do the show. And that was my discovery of Yokozuna being frightened of spiders. 
Like the and, and also there is something deeply sad, not just about Yokozuna being frightened of spiders, but also Yokozuna doing a show in Ashington. <laughs> I was gonna say bloody hell. That's that's I mean with with no disrespect to Ashington at all. It's more the idea of a star like that doing a show well in Ashington. <laughs> to be honest. No other way of pointing it. It just it seems like a it seems like a big fall from grace. Uh, to do a show in a small town in the northeast of England, uh, as opposed to like you know either continuing to wrestle to a high level on a massive platform or retiring gracefully, uh, what looking out over the world as as a la Thanos at the end of Infinity War. That is true, but if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have gotten the clip of Yokozuna on the Big Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon that Yokozuna went for a very different reason <laughs> to that show? Oh, he was I just heard, in, wasn't he? I just heard, <laughs> I just heard I've been invited for a big breakfast. No, no, that's what the show's called, yo. Oh, what? <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Eddie Guerrero is in the ring, still. And it turns out he was scheduled to wrestle Rikishi tonight, but because he's being led out of the ring in the ambulance, Eddie Guerrero is declared the winner by forfeit. And he laughs like a get. But don't let all that fun take away from the abstract torment of Mae Young is still playing poker. And she asks if they have a cigar, and they're like, whoa, you want a cigar? Okay. And she gets it. She bites the end off it rather than cut it because <laughs> she's old and badass. And, and then in the one funny bit, Bradshaw says, well, you know, you're not supposed to inhale. And she goes, what's that? And I've, <laughs> I'll just put pause for laughter. <laughs> and then also, in case I forgot my own memory, I inhaled a cigar once and I puked. Yeah, oh, really? The, uh, my friend is very into cigars. He's a cigar aficionado, if you will. And there's a place in Newcastle that's... Uh, what's it called? International Import? Something like that. Anyway, it's in Newcastle. It's a cigar shop. And because you're allowed to pay for a cigar at the place and then go in and uh, the back bit, it's one of the few places you're allowed to smoke in, inside areas. 
in the UK. Mm. Apparently, it was a long court battle to get that sword out. So you buy the cigar, you go back, and you spoke in a room of other people. And he said, like, come on, I'll get you one. It'll be nice. And I went, all right. And as I do with most things, I'm too enthusiastic and, you know, smoke too much, too quick, and going, this is all right. It's nice. It's nice. And I made the mistake of doing it way too quick. And after not eating much the rest of the day, you really don't want to stack up on cigars. And I went, that's great. That's great. I'm just going to go to the toilet. And it wasn't a big place. And everyone can hear me going, Bleh, <laughs> uh, doing the exorcist. And I came back out and I just said, like, it was nothing wrong with the cigar. It was all me. It's me burning healthy. And my mate's like, cool. Uh, next time I'll come in here, Matthew, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but they do look good. They look, they look, they're great for photos, cigars, but not as fun to smoke. Yeah, I, I must admit, I've never tried one. I know my, my good lady is a fan of cigars. Uh, I'm sure, well, I'm saying that, I'm sure she's mentioned in conversation that... She's she's tried. She likes cigars. Hang on, honey. Do you like cigars? You like the smell of them? They're not good for you though. Oh, fair enough. I couldn't remember if you said you like them or not. Depends on the smoke. <laughs> this is like that little Britain sketch. Margaret, Margaret. Yeah. Got any pirate memory games? We were just talking about cigars. No, what? <laughs> we were talking about cigars. I can't remember whether you liked cigars or not. Um, I prefer them to cig. I mean, okay, smoking's not good, kids. Don't smoke. Smoke loads. But <laughs> out of the choice between cigars and cigarettes, I'll always choose cigars. Ah, oh, there you go. Fair enough. Okay, well, there's your answer, Math, regarding whether about cigars Unless you've and got stuff. A, a nice looking pipe. Oh, a pipe's a good shout. Don't huh. smoke. It's not good. Smoking's good for you. Don't smoke. Carry on it's smoking. A horrible, disgusting habit. Vape. Va va do it. Do it right. Vaping is for weaklings. <laughs> <laughs> Vaping is for the weak. <laughs> right. How, how bad is it going to be when? We've moved on. We've moved on. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. Continue now. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be great when some kids like gets caught smoking cigars. Like, well, who gave you the idea of smoking cigars? Like, we'll say, Tom well, Campbell and Mafu. Tom Campbell, Matthew, and Tom's girlfriend said it was good to and smoke. That, and the, the mysterious voice. <laughs> they said it was cool to smoke. That's an exact quote. Matthew said it. May Young smoking here looked cool though, to the point where it is the album art for this podcast. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, if there's one thing to make people not smoke, it's this. Put put that as the screenshot, but put in brackets, this woman is 33 years old. <laughs> all these women went to college. Hard to believe they're all under 25. <laughs> know your limits. <laughs> it's a Harry Enfield reference. If anybody's uneducated. Anyway, here's The Rock. And Kevin Kelly. One thing that we haven't yeah. mentioned, uh, oh. which was mentioned a couple of times, and I think it will get another mention for the end of the podcast, but just in case it doesn't, um, they've been plugging Monday Night Raw live uh, on Monday night. Do you know the significance of where they're coming from? It's the Georgia Dome. It is the Georgia Dome. And it's funny because the first time they mention it, you can hear Jerry Lawler scoffing. Uh, like, hey, we're playing the... Because they know what this means. They know what this is. And it's funny because... On this podcast's sister podcast, the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. We're back in 1994. We're watching all the episodes of Raw from the beginning in 94. And we've just passed the week in history 
where um, WCW booked a show at Madison Square Garden. Oh, and, oh, oh, oh. and WWF went, um, no dickheads, that's not happening. <laughs> Pulled out a contract that said, uh, actually, we get first refusal on wrestling shows and we want to do a show on that day. So they had WCW had to cancel that show and then WWF just put on a wrestling show in MSG on that day. <laughs> it turned out to be a big show, fairly big show, and we'll get to it in time. But the idea that the first time WCW tried to invade WC, uh, WWF's territory, the WWF went, no, bad form, back off. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years later and here they are going, oh, look at us in Atlanta, Georgia. Way we're going to poo in your garden. <laughs> just just the arrogance at this point. But they are winning and they are winning soundly. So I'm not surprised. It's bad that it's almost when you have like a, you split up from someone and you're almost eager to get your new partner and go out and hope you accidentally bump into that ex. Yeah. Oh, oh, hello, you. No, I'm just here with my uh, new partner. Have you have you met Benoit Malenko Satin Guerrero? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no hard feelings. No hard feelings, uh, Stasiak. You take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we can go home now. That'd be fun. Come <laughs> Backstage, The Rock and Kevin Kelly. The Rock says there are things that go together well. Salt and pepper. Bacon and eggs. Big show and... <laughs> and The Rock and WrestleMania. This was another example of The Rock being too funny for his own good. Because, God damn, it took years for me to forget about... Big show, here's an impression of you. Cuts the Titan Tron. <laughs> Let's see it again in slow motion. Oh, from a oh, I remember that was bro. He's too good. He's actually too good. Like the reaction to this promo, the crowd are on are absolutely in the palm of the Rock's hand for everything. Like to the point where oh, they're ro trying to get the money. Oh, to the point where they're just guessing Sorry. the words that he's gonna say. And the bit I love about all of this, like the promo is is there and it's, it's, it's impassioned. The crowd are alive. This is for an arbitrary tag match. Yeah. This isn't like your go-home WrestleMania show. But my God, the WWF would bite off their own kneecaps to get the kind of reaction to anything. Obviously, you can't at the moment because there's no crowds. Um, to get the kind of reaction to anything that the rock even to the main event of WrestleMania that they, the crowd are giving the rock at this point in in history i say that no crowds i believe by the time this goes up we would have had monday night raw and there was rumor and innuendo that they were going to put fans on monday night raw by now listening to this you'll know if that was the case or not nah the corner ratings no one'll know until we say <laughs> i've put the the rock does his usual badassness and i'm surprised the tv could hear him over the crowd yeah because yeah and that's all i could be saying Amazing. for that yeah here's some uh, groundbreaking news uh, the rock is popular in the year 2000 <laughs> oh and he's <clears throat> and he is so so it, it's it's <clears throat> it's not even funny the fact that same popular under undersells it he's uh, he's in another stratosphere to everybody else and uh by the time you hear this podcast as well Monday would have come and gone and we would have had the premiere of the Titan Games on NBC 
which is The Rock's new sort of uh, Ninja Warrior style show, I do believe. And it's competing directly against Raw. And I'm intrigued to see how the numbers fall when this happens. I didn't even know that. Go yeah, on. so The Rock is basically competing against Monday Night Raw by himself on Monday night. Well, it was nice knowing you Monday Night Raw. <laughs> but even at this point, he was in another stratosphere. Another stratosphere to everybody else. Yeah. And that brings us to the Western Union Slam of the Week. And it's a weird way to debut this on SmackDown, but S.A. Rios lands a Frankensteiner on Crash Holly in a match he had on Raw, followed by his valet leader doing the exact same. And if that wasn't cool enough, and the crowd seems to like it, Esserios finishes off Crash Holly with a moonsault, and then Lita gives him one for good measure as well. So that is the SmackDown debut of both Esserios and his forgettable valet who will disappear into insignificance, Lita. Oh, Lita would become the star here, obviously. Yes, y yes. thank you, Tom, for, for clarifying my dripping sarcasm. <laughs> and, yeah, more of that to come. Hopefully we'll get uh, more matches tomorrow, tomorrow, next week. <laughs> Read the next segment. Moving on. Hey, look, it's the bus. The bus is here. The bus is oh. back. It's just come back from the depot. <laughs> Do you reckon Cactus, oh, no. Cactus Jack turned up at the depot? There was Kane having a coffee. You too? Where have you been? <laughs> this milk has turned. I had to milk Paul Bearer. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, no. Oh, no! <laughs> Sally Fron, from one dump to the other. So, May Young we go. May Young has cleared them out for their money. Oh, no. So, they give her a beer. Even though they go, wait, aren't you pregnant? May Young says... I'm sure the baby won't mind one. And I've put down, can I set my console date forward three weeks to kill off these segments? <laughs> Edge and Christian take on uh, the big boss man and Albert. Hang on, wait a minute. Uh, Michael Clone, as they head to the ring, explains their relationship is unique. <laughs> which I guess is WF speak for it's badly written. It's just because last time we saw these two, they were not getting along. No, I was very baffled by this. <laughs> it's just okay. Are they mates now? And for no no reason, no explanation, they're just mates now. All right, fine. You do you, yeah. hun. Very loud. Shave your back, chance. Which is news to me because I assume those came from the 2003 Runners A Train. So oh, the more you know. no, no, they go, they, they date much further back than this. No, oh, he's always been a freak. <laughs> uh, I've put, I think I was in the mood for play-by-play -play here, so I put a match happens that's back and forth. <laughs> and Edgy Christian get the win after a dropkick sets up a sunset flip, that old sequence they used to do before, thinking, ah, screw it. However, Bossman and Albert are very salty, so they attack both men afterwards. And God knows why these two, of all people, are assaulting Edge and Christian when E and C have a number one contenders match against the Hardy Boys at No Way Out. And Bossman and Albert have hairy backs. So it would be some, it'd be bizarre. It would be like having Mae Young go over the APA. <sighs> Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> Mae Young has... I love your distaste for the, <laughs> the Mae Young segment this week. 
Because I was excited. I thought, oh, good, the APA here. They can make this next segment good. Yeah. <laughs> She's cleared them out of all their money, but she says she'll give it back to them if they do something for her. <laughs> and they're led away. And Milk presents... <laughs> May Young getting knocked down. <laughs> Those two segments aren't connected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a great way to place them. Ah, I was like, she leads them away. Anyway, May Young gets Milk presents what? Down. What? What segment are you going to present, Milk? A Bruno, Bruno Smarantino segment? What? Jeff Jarrett's spend my days on that? No, more May Young. Fantastic, Milk. <laughs> Cheers. Appreciate it. You need to remind people as to why there's not a May Young tonight. When May Young isn't around, everybody should be going, where's May Young? What would where's you rather? May what Young? would you rather? A whole night of Triple H segments or a whole night of May Young segments? Actually, we got both tonight, didn't we? Now I think about it. Yes, the DX doesn't feed the homeless. Do you think that... May Young doesn't feed the homeless. <laughs> Do you think that they printed off the same page three times for this week's Raw? Where, they, where the page one says... Uh, DX bundle an enemy into a bus Mae Young plays cards and instead of printing pages one through three they printed page one three times <laughs> and they were like oh they'll come up with something they're just they they come up with so many ideas May Young and APA they just ad-lib entire segments <laughs> and then they saw it like oh oh right <laughs> oh, anyway before we no. get on to the uh before we get on to the uh, climax, and God, I hate using that term <laughs> for the May Young Orama, I do have Hardcore Holly's book here <gasps> called To May Young with Love. No, uh, and it's called. It's called I'm Sorry uh, I Battered Those Students. <laughs> sorry for being yes, a dick I battered all them. That time. And I, yes, I battered them, and they deserve to die. <laughs> the Hardcore <laughs> Holly story. <laughs> Sorry for being an ass. The hardcore Holly story. <laughs> Under the black eye. The hardcore Holly <laughs> story. <laughs> I never met bruises. a job where I did. <laughs> I never met a job where I didn't potato. The hardcore Holly tale. <laughs> Is it called potato potato? Let's call the whole thing off. The Bob Holly <laughs> story. <laughs> <laughs> Don't piss me off, in brackets, too late. <laughs> and surprisingly... Hardcore Holly, my partner's down for by Hardcore Holly. Oh. <laughs> Hardcore Holly, I hope, I hope I could beat up jobbers in hell. Remember that time I beat up Brock Lesnar, the Hardcore Holly story? <laughs> Oh, golly, I headlined Rorable 2004. F you. <laughs> Have a sh day, the Bob Arley story. <laughs> 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 right, that's it. That's it, Tom. Go on, Tom. Don't make young it. Anyway, I've been reading this tome uh, to find out more information about 
<laughs> Operation Sandman. <laughs> or, as he called it, we wrestled... Oh, as he called it, we wrestled Brock Lesnar, Operation Sandbag. <laughs> and I'm trying to read it, but maybe I'll wait 10 seconds. Is it called Bouncing Back? <laughs> Matthew got the only copy of the book. All the others have been pulped. Was this on Blue Peter? <laughs> I'm going to go and watch my books getting pulped, Lynn. <laughs> Need, needless to say, I beat up jobbers. <laughs> needless to say, I potato the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how all your stories end, Bob. Needless uh, to say, I potato the shit out of him. I'm not your buddy, Holly. <laughs> Bloody Holly. The oh, <laughs> Operation Sandbag is, is possibly one of my favourites. What is his book called? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just pretend it's called Bob Holly, my partner's downfall by Bob Holly. P potato the holes, here comes Harley. <laughs> oh. All right, look, they did let me do a movie at one point. We were in Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisville. This is a quote oh, from the book, or are you, just, are you just telling the story now? I'm just trying to power through before I start laughing again. <laughs> okay, so we got Argali's book. Before you say something that ruins me. Argali's book. Uh... <laughs> Sandman, how, how, Sandman, how Sandman, I put, the book. Sandman, how I put crowds to sleep by alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I hope alcoholic will listen to this. He's really, really nasty. <laughs> we were in Louisville and I was catering when Kevin Dunn came up to me and asked me what to do an op a movie title. Said, Operation well, Louisville Sand and I was catering. <laughs> So was Bob Holly cooking? <laughs> smell what the Bob is cooking. <laughs> you, you genuinely said, we're in Louisville and I was catering. He went tough enough and he threw potatoes at them and he went, get it! <laughs> That's catering! Look, throwing potatoes doesn't filmed. count as catering, oh. Bob. <laughs> It was going to be filmed in Mexico. It was going to start Ron Perlman. I said, sure, why not? I could beat him up if I got... But no, I guess they came to me because nobody else wanted to do it. It probably wasn't a big enough role for the top guys. Whatever. I, t I thought I'd take the job and have some fun. I loved doing the movie. It was a made-for-TV thing, and I thought it turned out pretty good. It was easy work. A lot of hurry up and wait. You have a lot of time on your hands in a movie set. We would shoot from... Si Jesus Christ, how boring is this? <laughs> Go on, bro. What else are you going to tell us, Holly? What was the bus like? Bloke.
Bloody hell. Bob. It was a good day. I had a Dr. Pepper and some Doritos <laughs> and then I did some push-ups with a bloody... All right, okay, it was a I got bit more boring plane. than I thought it was going to be. I got be. on a plane from my home and the plane took off. Whilst in mid-air, we, we had drinks. I had some peanuts. I watched a film. Then I had another drink. The plane landed. I took my seatbelt off. Got off the plane, ruined the film, flew back. <laughs> <laughs> Carry up. I was going to say I've just I've just skim read this as you've laughed. I'm just the really interesting bit is the movie people took care of me while I was there. My hotel suite was as big as our house and had three bathrooms. It was crazy. All right, enough. <laughs> That sounds like it was a house. They let him stay in a house. <laughs> this suite is in a house, house for a film. Wow, I know saying a suite that had its own parking <laughs> and a garage and the a roof. Did hot. <laughs> and the tubs did hot and cold water. It was crazy. <laughs> you mean I can order pork chops any time of the day? <laughs> okay. There was a door which was useful for keeping never do wellers out of my house. It was crazy. It had tea and coffee making facilities in case I wanted <laughs> tea and coffee. It was crazy. With the windows, I was able to observe the outside world without being outside. It was crazy. It's crazy. Got in the bath and there were bubbles. <laughs> and I pressed a button and then there weren't when I didn't. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody came and asked if I wanted my bed turning down. It was crazy. Anyway, I punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob. I gave that I gave that movie set five angry emotes out of five. <laughs> I don't think Bob Arley's coming on Desert Island Graps anytime soon. <laughs> I think, I think, I think him, the any family. Who would of, you bring up on a desert island to beat up? <laughs> desert Island dicks, maybe. <laughs> oh, I can only pick three people. That's oh. crazy. <laughs> what if Greg's on the time with Hardcore Holly? All right, I think we should like look for. Uh, any means of communicating and uh, maybe look for some food and drink supplies. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Just hits you in the face. <laughs> anyway, uh, 30 minutes ago there was a match. Uh, the Hollies versus Mark Henry, handicap, no DQ. You'd think they'd have learned after last week when the exact same situation happened, but hey, there we go. They were too busy recruiting from Operation Sandman and all the insanity <laughs> of uh, tea and coffee making facilities. <laughs> and co-hangers that don't come off the hook. It was crazy. <laughs> the hotel had gravity, which kept me from flying into the Earth's stratosphere. It was crazy. The hotel had a little safe. <laughs> I could put my belongings and, and I... crash. <laughs> it was crazy. 
I pressed a button on the remote control and a woman turned up with her breasts out. It was crazy. <laughs> they charged me $30, so I punched the receptionist. I gave the woman on the TV a drop kick. <laughs> and then the telly broke. It was a coincidence. Ron Perlman. I met him and he was very down to earth and very approachable. It was crazy. When I say I met him, I mean I watched a film oh. with him on. He appeared through the other I mean, window in my in my suite, the one that wasn't the outside world, but was the hellscape of whatever I was looking at at the time. Turned out to be a movie starring Ron Perlman. It was crazy. <sighs> this podcast is still going on. It was crazy. Alcoholy drop kick is strong enough to take down I've Ron got hardcore Pelman. here, that's not right <laughs> the problem I'll take down Ron Pelman <laughs> it was crazy but the APA are here that's and they gave Hargaholly a double power bomb that's crazy. a spine bust to the car Holly and another power bomb on Elroy <laughs> one, two, three Mark wins, yay this means they get to have sex and ruin Smackdown some more Would you say that whole segment was crazy? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm not good. I'm glad that this show's near you. Nearly one. New Age Outlaws. <laughs> New Age Outlaws versus The Rock and Big Show. And the New Age Outlaws are back to being good buddies, not bad buddies. So they do their spiel, and The Rock charges down. As he's seen the timer on the network and realizes there's only eight minutes left of Billy beaten. So Billy Gunn and the Road Dog double team the Rock for a bit as Big Show remains invisible. But Rock is then forced to make his own comeback because it's the Rock. And you can beat him up for a bit, but it doesn't care if it's two on one, three on one, or a really big fat guy on one, he has to make his comeback by himself. So get to the rock bottom on Billy Gunn. One, two, well, and here comes Big Show with his awful haircut tash combo. <laughs> and he waddles down and Rock is so annoyed that he gets off of Billy Gunn to go and attack him. And the New York Jardles think, that's a good idea. They batter him and they go, you know what? We haven't done enough of this show. And they go, May Young. And they go, no, the other thing. And they take him all the way to the Express. He resists. The DX show up. And The Rock 2 is sacrificed to the coach god. <laughs> and then Big Show waves DX off like he's their mum. So, bye! Have a good but day at school! Coach... <laughs> <laughs> but the camera pans to the right, and there is The Rock. Because The Rock is not jobbing to no bus. <laughs> He escapes and he hits the big show with a two by four, smashing right off his haircut. <laughs> the end. Uh, why did Hebner Not a minute too soon, Tom. Why did Hebner stop counting when the big show's fireworks went off? <laughs> that was the thing that I was like, one, two, well, Hebner forgets how to count for a second. The fireworks genuinely make him jump. It's like, mate, finish the count. You've got a job to do. This is like when. Ali was about to grab the briefcase at Money in the Bank and Brock Lesnar's music hits. So it just causes him to freeze in time. Just an observation. Yes. And also, The Rock can apparently teleport. 
this is a new skill for the rock i'm sure he was locked in that coach and then, and then all of a sudden he appears behind the big show armed <laughs> it's like in pokemon we try using attack on somebody and it's just no effect because they're a different type like, big show tried to get advantage on the rock it had no effect on I the rock. I thought you were going to say, Big Show uses coach smuggle. It was not effective. <laughs> the rock at some Big point... Big Show gets... I know like he's like the top dog, but the rock at some point is a bit like that kid when you played pretend in, at the playground who you would shoot with a million bullets and you go, Ah, they missed! <laughs> it didn't hurt me. I'm fine yeah. still. Like, come on, Rock. <laughs> he it was no. I, I shot you. No, I have my uh, special bulletproof vest. And he goes, I shot you in the head. I'm also wearing a bulletproof mask. It's invisible, so you can't see it. What about your arms? Ah, I'm just hard. <laughs> I'm just hard, me. So that was Smackdown anyway. That was a, a joyful oh. edition of Smacketh Downeth. What did you um, remember from this episode of Smackdown, Math? I remembered the coach. I remember the big unveiling of the DX Express and that being a thing. I remember they even brought it to, what was it called? Access at WrestleMania one year. It was just the blown up remains of an old coach. Ooh. Do you have a photo with it? Uh, not on me. It was in Powerslam magazine. I can probably find that for you. Oh, no. I just wonder whether you personally had a photo with it. I'd like to see a photo of you with the uh, with the burnt-out coach. Oh, right. No, I never went to... Sorry, I never went to uh, Access. Oh. For just £1 a month, you can get Matthew to Access. <laughs> I remember Mae Young playing, coffee, playing, um, playing cards with the APA. I remember that being quite, it? being quite fun at the time. <laughs> oh well I'm glad that we disagree on some things and um, what did you remember from like, what did you forget from this time I forgot genuinely that Cactus Jack was wrestling matches between the Rumble and No Way Out I thought he had the 10 man tag and then was just the guy in the background for the Radicals and then something something No Way Out I didn't realise he was having proper normal matches because you'd think he would be taking it lightly but even when he was getting attacked and put in the Dick Express, he still falls off the the little steps going up the coach and just lands on his back on the concrete. And this this is a man who is visibly limping and there's no acting involved there, and has the is a career-ending match soon. So I know common sense would say he wouldn't be doing this, but it's wrestling. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Tom? I forgot that. Um the rock could teleport out of the dx express because <laughs> i remember watching this thinking oh the rock's <laughs> been kidnapped as well oh they'll pay that off of raw and then he appears behind big show who armed with the two by four and just clocks him one thing that jr said on on the podcast this week on his podcast was that he feels that big show was overexposed at this time and he's absolutely right like big show should have been a special attraction when he was really just one of the lads and he should have just been you, he, somebody that just popped up every so often. And stuff like this, I think, made him look like a doofus. Uh, Rock teleporting behind Big Show out of the coach, something I remember. What did um, what did you what did you forget rather? What did you forget from this episode? I just answered that. <laughs> okay, what did you remember from this episode? 
<laughs> We've already done that, Tom. Are you okay? Have we done both remember and forget? Yeah. We, we have, haven't we? <laughs> Either so, well, Nothing but the most professional of podcasters <laughs> I here. I forgot that Hard Carly wrote a book called The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Blading. Um, <laughs> Oof. And it's on that bombshell. That, uh, it's I, a hard knock life for you. <laughs> it's a hardcore wife. Oh, God. Uh, he, he is at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Suggest titles for Harker Holly's book. That'd be nice. <laughs> Until next week, stay safe. Love you. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 